Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm 51, and I live in San Diego, California. I'm 5'2". I'm Kelsey. I'm 31, and I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm 6'4". Even though we have some gaps, we've been best friends through it all. Thanks for joining us on The Friend Gap. Welcome back. We are excited to be back together for episode two and tell you more about us. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because our upcoming episodes are incredible. We have topics like friend fights, our childhoods, 70s versus 90s, and the anatomy of a girl's trip. Of course, I can't wait to share more about our incredible friendship and how we've been able to maintain it across all of our gaps. Our upcoming shows are going to be so fun to share with you guys. Before we get started, Jackie, I need some advice. The best part about friendship is bringing trusted people into our lives that we can learn from. And I've definitely learned a lot from you. So we're going to start each show with a little advice, recommendation, or question segment. So my issue for today, what I need to, what I need some advice on is date nights. I know um, that you and Dave are good date nighters. Mike and I are faithful Friday night date night people. Um, but I just, I feel like I need a fresh idea. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for me? Perfect. I love date nights. Even with just one child at home, I love date nights. But keep in mind that date nights are all about just spending time together. So even if it's walking around Target with a bag of popcorn and a drink, I chalked that up for a win. But recently, one of my favorites was we planned a meal, went to the store and got everything and came back and cooked together. And that was something good for us to be better at working together because that's kind of a thing that we've always tried to work on and let's be honest I let him in my kitchen it's just not a common practice that isn't I love that Dave got to hop into the kitchen with you um with you at the whisk I doubt he tries to come in very often because you are an incredible cook um okay that's a good idea do something together I gotta think about that and yeah. find something. We might just end up at Home Depot doing doing what you do at Target, but Home Depot. We do have an upcoming remodel coming, but I like the idea of doing something together. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike and I did cook a meal together the other day. Oh gosh, it may have been like Thanksgiving when I was like, "You have to help me." <laughs> but um, he's he's always he's he's good to follow a recipe. <laughs> He's not going to be inventing a lot of things in the kitchen, but he's a good direction follower, even if I have to, you know, remind him where things yeah. are. <laughs> it's because I keep reorganizing my kitchen and not telling him. Yeah. That's what I get to do. what we do. Okay. Well, today's episode, we're going to talk about what has made us work. Friendship is hard, and there are so many elements to consider when you're trying to create a quality connection with another person. I love this topic. I think it's so important, but I think we have to start with an even harder question. Do all friendships work? Mm, Can I say no? Is that okay? Yeah. I think we can talk about surface level friendships and deeper level. And I, I think that that's a total episode in itself is talking about those layers, but I'm sure everyone for the most part has friends or acquaintances that work. However, friendship is a relationship of mutual affection between people It is a stronger form of interpersonal bond than an acquaintance or an association, such as a classmate or neighbor, you know, somebody that you work with. Um, I love that part about it being a stronger bond. And maybe that's why some friendships don't work. 
They didn't develop that bond. And also it's a two-way street. I have had friends where I was invested way more than they were. And so it fizzled out. (laughs) So kind of sounds like my boyfriend from the past. Oh my gosh. Can we, okay, write this down. Find a sticky. We have to do a boyfriend episode. Yeah. I need to hear about your first crush. I I don't think we've talked about first crush. I don't think we've talked. No, I don't think so. Can you give me a name? Who's your first crush? Well, are we going back to like, we're, if we're going back to sixth grade, we're going back like sixth grade. I had a little boyfriend, Guy Pearson. That's his whole, seriously, this could be an episode. We're, yeah, we're going to go down a rabbit hole with this one. I mean, cause it didn't stop Guy Pearson on Facebook and tag him. I think I did that years and years ago. Have you ever done that? Gone back to look at your past boyfriends on Facebook? Have you tried to stalk them? Okay, yes, but here's the thing you have to remember. Facebook existed when I was in high school. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm like Facebook friends with my like high school crushes, boyfriends, like social, my my social network has seen me through my first boyfriend to the present. Oh, that's funny. See, there's another gap because Facebook, for me, I was married with kids and yeah. Whew. Jeez, yeah. Kevin. So I like, I, I know I'm, you're diving back in to try to like search and find like, no. Right. No, no. We'll talk about MySpace too. Did you ever have a MySpace? No. Yeah. No. You were My too first... old for MySpace. I'm sure. Like it was, <laughs> it was definitely a like immature social network, but like the top eight, do you, do you know what the top eight is? No. Your... Oh no. my gosh. So on MySpace, you had a top eight and you could choose which friends were your top friends. It was what destructive. You could technically like go in and change it. So it could be like the top four or the top 16 or like, I think whatever top 12. So people could but, see your top eight. Yes. And so oh, like the pettiest thing ever <gasps> would be to change your order of your top eight. If you were like mad at your friend what oh yeah and like that's I feel like that's the beginning of like bros before hoes like if your boyfriend was your top of your top eight but your best friend wasn't oh it was a little bit like I care more about him than I do about you it was a full drama filled moment that is horrible that That could be ruined friendships but it was great so yeah I I mean I have (laughs) we could stock my crushes exes till the cows come home we should do that that'd be a that'd that'd be be a good one fun one um moving on (laughs) with our relationship kind of like what we talked about last week a big part of making our friendship work was keeping it super simple sometimes we get trapped in thinking that creating a friendship needs to be an orchestrated girls night or lunch dates i found both in our friendship and in others that it's the simple things calling while you're making dinner or driving your kids to school just to check in going for a drink run, texting something funny that you saw. Those Mm -hmm. are the things that that really make it last and solidify. Just including each other in our real lives, good, bad, and ugly, and not just getting dressed up and heading out, leaving the house, the husband and the kids. You know, it's just, I I think about that of, you know, there's a lot of friendships where it's, you're just going out occasionally, but what level, what is that type of friendship? It's just getting dressed up and heading out. Whereas a real meaningful is you're seeing all the, all the stuff of our lives. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I 
there there were I'm sure more times that you have seen me not dressed up than dressed up because we were just involved yeah. in each other's real life. It was mm-hmm. it really was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, sharing all facets of your life is quite the experience, like letting someone in. And I think that finding yeah. trust has been really important for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there really has been a moment where we haven't trusted each other. Not that we necessarily trusted each other right from the get go. Like that's something that's established, but, um, we've both had really hard times between husbands and kids and jobs and life. And we've been able to share really raw moments. And I've always felt that I could really trust you with anything and it would never leave your lips. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Trust is my security blanket in a friendship. And when I open up to someone, which is very hard for me, I don't like being vulnerable. So when I do, number one, I feel like you or someone really cares about me. That's a huge thing for me. And number two, I trust that you won't repeat, (laughs) that you will value me enough to to not be gossipy, right? I have been in friendships where that isn't the case. And I've heard about my struggles from a third party person and was mortified that my good friend shared it with someone else. So that is a complete breaking of my number two rule, (laughs) if we could have rules. So I think that has been a huge thing as to why our friendship works so well, as I know that I can completely trust you. I remember when that happened. (laughs) That was a rough time. And it was because it was... You were, you needed support and love and you shared something that was, was a big deal. And then even if the intentions may have been pure or good or whatever, it still was hurtful and it lasted. Like, I mean, you guys can't see our faces, but I can, I can see your face and like, it still stings that someone you felt like you trusted didn't honor that. Yeah. And I think knowing, knowing that of someone is also very important. Like, you know, for me that those things are important Mm -hmm. and maybe somebody doesn't care if you sit and air everything, but I don't think that that's always true. I mean, if it's a good solid friendship, you're not going to want to go around and be sharing everything. Oh yeah, for sure. I just hate the feeling when you're not sure if you can completely trust the person you're talking to. And it's even worse when you think you can, and then it just bites you right in the butt. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like you've made space for my struggles. <laughs> so we've been through some doozies over the years, and I feel very blessed to have had such a trusted friend to share them with. And it goes both ways. That is a key element. Don't always be a taker. It isn't always about me and my struggles. Be there for your friend when they are also struggling. I think that's so important and hard um, to find that balance. Um, There's been times that I've been struggling Mm -hmm. and you've been struggling. And so it's hard. And I think you give what you can and, you know, you, you figure that out and, and just being able to be really real and honest with each other has been the saving grace there. So finding the balance, I mean, giving, giving time to friendships, maybe when you don't have a lot of time working to cultivate the friendships and being understanding when someone else can't give a lot at that time. I know when we've been mid move or new babies or job transitions, just going through something that's hard. 
there are times that our communication slows down. Mm -hmm. And that brings up two questions for you. Number one, how do you think you can still be a good friend when you don't have as much time? Well, I think that you said it before. It's just understanding. Um, And with our gaps, we have definitely been at different phases and they run on different schedules. And so that has helped me when we have gone more than a week without talking, just understanding you are in the middle of it. And I will just send out a quick, hey, I miss and love you. And that's kind of our little check-in ping. So for me, just hearing that instead of silence lets me know you are okay. And when you have the time, I know that you will be there and vice versa. Yeah, I totally agree. It's always the little things that create the foundation to be able to support each other when the world feels like it's collapsing or you're just, you don't have a lot of time. Um, I know those, those little check-ins kind of help pull me out of like, oh, hey, there's, there's somebody else over there that I care about, even though my head mm-hmm. has to be buried in the sand. Because sometimes your head has to be buried in your job or your marriage or your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but just remembering, and it's not even like, hey, I, I need attention. I'm over here. But it's, right. hey, I miss you and I love you and you're cared about. Yeah. And so it's not, it's, it's never felt like a guilt to me of like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to Jackie. Like, I feel so bad. I mean, I've had those too, but whenever it's like come from a little ping of you, it's, it's just such a great reminder that, you know, Hey, you've got someone over here that's cheering you on and loving you, whatever you're going through. I'm here. And there's been times that I've been like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed. I need to call Jackie and and talk to her about what's going on because, you know, today's been really hard or this Mm -hmm. decade's been really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you may be going through, or I may be going through something that is really hard. And just even to say, today was a tough day. It was hard. And that to me is a cue of just like, hey, I love you so much, whatever it is. I'm here whenever, you know, and just leaving that door open, which I think that that is such a wonderful thing is our doors are always open, whether, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all virtual right now, but it just, our doors are always open. And And sometimes we're on a cruise and we're next door neighbors and have controlling rooms. And at that point, the doors are open open a little more frequently than maybe they should. I think our husbands would both have appreciated if those doors had stayed closed a little more. Uh, Yeah. Well, I don't know. Dave really liked that. We need to get, we need to get Mike and Dave a room and then (laughs) share a room. Just kidding. I don't want to spend that money. No, no. That'd be so great though. Okay. So now for question two, how do you avoid being offended when a friend slows down communication, which, hi, I did that recently. (laughs) You can, you can tell me that you were offended. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Offended. Just say it, but hurt. I like that. (laughs) Yes. But hurt's the word of the day. That is. We all have gotten a little butt hurt, but I, um, I know that I have when you're, when you're moving, you're having babies and I was in a new place and just completely struggling. There was some breakdown of communication and I was a little hurt. I felt sad, but I remember we talked about it and didn't get offended that I was, you didn't get offended that I was offended and you apologize, which you did nothing wrong. Just, you just hadn't gotten back to my Marco Polo or answered my text. Um, because you were moving, you know, I mean, our friendship has had little times of these offense, you know, where we have taken offense. But my point is, is we communicated and we didn't let it fester. 
and you valued my feelings. And sometimes when one or the other is struggling, that is what I love about our friendship. The other doesn't take offense and sees the other person and wants to make things all good. That's it for sure. We are so hard on ourselves as humans. Can can I just say we're hard on ourselves as women? Right. Is that okay? We can say that, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. We want to be everything for everyone, so it's easy to think that there's ill feelings where there really isn't. Mm-hmm. Someone taught me once, assume positive intent. And I think we can just like spiral that. so quickly into thinking that we did something wrong or that there's bad feelings, they're mad at me, like what's going on? Nine times out of ten, if we just say, hey, why aren't we talking as much? Right. That is the nudge that, you know, reminds someone that they need to check in and like give a little update. Um, I also think explaining to your friends, like how you, how you struggle, like if I'm, if I am mad at you, I'm someone that like, I'm going to, I'm going to create space because I don't want to get angry because I don't want to, you know, spout off on something. I need to lick my wounds. I'm a wound licker. (laughs) (laughs) So, right. Like I, I make space. I lick my wounds for a couple days and then I'm, I'm over it. And I, and I remember one time with another friend, she had said something that just like hurt me, just kind of offended me. And she called me out. She was like, Hey, what's wrong? Like, and I was like, you know, like what you said bothered me, but I'm okay. Like, I know it wasn't me, but I just need a minute to lick my wounds. And then I'm going to come back in a day and we're going to be just fine. And just explaining how we hurt can help. Yeah. Communication. It's just talking about it. Okay, guys, we want to hear from you. We'll have a box on our stories today to ask you what things you do to make friendships work. And next week, we'll be talking about introducing ourselves to new people. I can't wait. Putting your best foot forward while still being your authentic self is an art and it's applicable in dating and friendships. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at the friend gap, because before that episode, we'll be asking you for your bestie turnoffs. I'm really excited to talk about that. That would be, yeah, that'll be a good one. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, leave us a rating and review because it really helps us out. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to be going on this journey with you, and we will see you next week on The Friend Gap.